The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. Well, as we start 2024, international events are heightening uncertainties about the economic outlook internationally. Whether it's US elections, conflict, high interest rates or even AI, where does our ability to keep attracting foreign direct investment sit in all of this? Well, I'm joined by the Chief Executive of IDA Ireland, Michael Lowen. Michael, you're very welcome to the programme. A lot of uncertainties out there. We're probably going into 2024 on the back of some very, very strong years in the economy, foreign direct investment and jobs. But should we be worried? Uh, good morning, Richard, and a happy new year um, to you and to your listeners. So so you're correct. We, we are moving into 2024 from a position of strength. Um, the FDI's, um, I suppose, performance last year was, was, was incredibly strong. Um, we had 248 investments, which was our highest number of investments in the history of, of IDA. So that clearly shows that, you know, and we know the turmoil that there has been for the last 12 and 14 months with, you know, a, a, a global technology reset. But through all of that, Ireland's proposition has continued to remain valid and strong. And why is that? Um, and this is where we look to the future. The reasons for that are multi multifaceted, but maybe just to highlight one or two key elements. Firstly, is Ireland is it's a proven stable location. It's a partner of choice, and that is very important. And when you look at the level of, as you mentioned, um, I suppose change and instability that's happening around the globe, it never was more important to be stable and consistent and pro-enterprise. And that's exactly what you get. But some of the things that have stood us in great stead in terms of foreign direct investment, you know, were things like uh, low corporation tax for bigger companies that's going to tick up now. Some Mm. of the competitive advantage might be going there. Uh, Young, educated population. We still have that, but we're beginning to get a bit older and we're more reliant on uh, international workers coming in. And we also have these capacity constraints, which you guys yourselves have highlighted Things like housing, things like the cost of living, things like skill sets and skilled workers, they're beginning or are they beginning to, to pinch a bit? These are all factors and you're absolutely correct. But it's like it's like every element. There's multiple facets that support FDI. And if we if we think about it in the context uh, globally, last year, the IMD placed Ireland second in the world in terms of its competitiveness based on, on a range over 60 different assessments. So that's, I'm not saying that everything is rosy in Ireland. What I'm saying is you have to put it in context against the competition we're looking internationally as well. And like every economy that's growing, and Ireland is no different when we think of our housing, you know, we have grown in terms of our population base. We have not kept at pace in terms of our infrastructure delivery. And that's why we have been calling for the carrying capacity of the state from housing, from wa- from energy and indeed water to make sure we... we we put those investments in place, not just for, for, for the short term, but more importantly for the long term as well. You talk to potential, you know, investors in Ireland and existing investors, multinationals all the time from different countries, many of them in the United States. Whenever there's, there are issues uh, raised about, for example, housing, you know, infrastructure. Another one, you know, we had the whole debate about data centres mm. and whether or not while they're very useful and helpful to the economy in one sense, uh, you know, are they using a disproportionate amount of electricity given our ability to generate electricity? Those kinds of things. 
are they things they all raise? Do, do, do they flag, you know, well, it's starting to get more expensive now to, to house people in Dublin and places like that? Yes. So I think when investors look at Ireland, um, they, they look at a number of things. If I go back to what I said at the, at the start, first of all, they're very, I suppose, clear of the pro-business enterprise here and the stability. And we cannot forget how important that is in a world of change and elev- evolution, which we're seeing now at the moment, and acceleration of that change. The second area is in terms of talent. Um, you know, talent is really the, the new battleground for international investment. The availability of talent, the ability to upskill and reskill, the ability to take new technologies on, you know, in terms of, of um, and to make them successful. Because remember, every international investor is looking for a few things. They're looking for that certainty and safety of location. And then they're looking to make sure that they have a workforce which understands their business and more importantly, can propel their business to grow it. And they are the key factors that you get in Ireland. Yes, there are challenges in terms of housing, but we are seeing our response on that. The housing for all strategy is working, it's delivering, but we need to accelerate that. And I think we've been clear on that as well. One of the things about your job is that people make, uh, businesses make these kinds of foreign direct investment decisions, you know, well in advance. Mm. They think about it, they weigh it up. So in a way, you have a bit of a front row seat as to what's coming down the road. You can't be certain about 2024 or 2025, but... What does it look like? I mean, for example, many of these maybe American multinationals might say, Michael, we were looking at doing that. We were looking at Ireland as a place for it, but there's too much uncertainty now. We're going to, we'll make, we'll make that decision in a year, in two years time. What's coming down the road? What are you seeing? So, so what we're seeing coming down the road, there's, 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 there's a number of changes that's, that's happening, you know, for in, across the entire business, no matter what business segment you're in. Number one is the move to sustainability, the requirement for sustainable investment, for sustainable infrastructure, for sustainable energy. That's all critically important in terms of companies and companies are doing that internally within their own businesses and their own premises, but they're also looking to state-led solutions and that's important. The second area that's also... Are they happy with what we're doing? Do they think we're doing enough in Ireland? So I I think we have a very clear ambition and plan. Um, We have the ability on the energy side, if we concentrate on that for the moment, in terms of of our offshore and renewable energy, that's going to be game-changing for Ireland. We're going to go from a situation, if we think about today, where we have the capacity offshore of our coast here in Ireland to deliver somewhere north of five times our current demand for electricity. But we have that in theory. We have to go and do it. We do. We're coming late to the party. Other countries like the UK and Britain have have beaten us to it in terms of the speed of movement on offshore wind, for example. And there are already signs where, you know, some investors are not happy with the pace of development in connections to the grid and so forth. Yeah, so, so I think I think there is a pace element, you're, you're correct, but um, there are also the technology has advanced significantly over the last four to five years as well. So we have the advantage now of being able to implement technologies that are proven and further proven and be able to capitalise upon that. So I'm confident, you know, with the right policies uh, which we have in place and implementation, we're going to see a step change in terms of Ireland's energy capability and demand, I suppose, delivery in terms of sustainable energy. So that's critically important. And that's not that's going to support all areas of enterprise and indeed society as well from an Ireland perspective. We, we saw pretty quickly when the time came last year that tech companies, big global tech companies, needed to cut costs. So mm. quite quickly they were able to to reduce the headcount and reduce the numbers in places like Ireland, albeit not as much as other places. When you look at AI, Michael, and you look at the ways in which it might disrupt the workplace and jobs and skills, if you were to AI-proof 
the existing investments and employment uh, employers that we have in Ireland through FDI, how would we stand up? If the kinds of jobs that many people think might not be so much in demand because of AI, would we lose many jobs? So I, I don't think it's a net sum of losing jobs. Um, li- like all technologies, AI is, is going to be in- is incredibly powerful and the opportunity for AI is, is, is immense. But, you know, there, there are there are lots of areas where it's going to drive a new opportunity for Ireland. And for example, if, I th- if we think about our client companies, so I know it's, it's come to the to the public, I suppose, for in the last 12 and 14 months in particular. But but FDI companies have been working with AI for probably two decades at this stage. And the reason they're doing that is they're understanding, you know, in terms of the ethical, the compliance, the regulatory elements, what this means for discovery. If we think about healthcare, you know, AI in terms of healthcare, in terms of diagnostics, in terms of drug delivery. And just recently I read an article in terms of there's an algorithm at the moment which has been tested, which you actually can detect the early onset of Alzheimer's 15 to 20 years ahead of when the symptoms actually can can show themselves. Now that can be incredibly impactful and think about the impact that has in terms of healthcare provision. And it would have huge potential as well, you know, for industry and for the development of all kinds of new medicines and research as well. Just when, when you look at Ireland and you talked about the talent that we have and so forth, we've had kind of close to full employment mm. for, for quite a while now. How big a factor is that? In, how important is it to maybe get more people back into the workforce, back working again and to upskill people in order to keep ourselves attractive for these investments? Two, two very critical points and, and um, I think upskilling and reskilling is, is, is a key focus of, of IDA and our client companies and in fact it's, it's, it's one of the key initiatives we run across our client companies what we call through our transformation agenda and transformation to us means a few things it means reskilling, upskilling uh, I suppose empowering people in terms of the workplace. We're also looking at embedding research and innovation into our into our, our client base, and then the two other areas I spoke about: sustainability and digital. Those four areas are the key, I suppose, battlegrounds in terms of sustaining FDI for the future. Jobs are hugely important. There is a tendency to measure success for IDA Ireland with the the jobs headcount. Mm. Uh, 2023, there was a small dip, I think, in the net number of of jobs, but it was still over 300,000 for only the second year. That's all very positive. However, do you think we need to move away from counting headcount and look at investment? Yeah, I I think it's a very valid question and I can understand the reasons why we all um, and you know, look at the job number as the most important count. But you're correct. I think there's the, the criteria below that in terms of capital investments, in terms of the level and depth of innovation and R&D that's happening, because these are the platforms which actually sets the next paths of growth. Um, and the job number and the job activity may change, um, but the number may not exponentially grow. But the scale and the depth of the activity is what will change over that period. So you're quite optimistic for 2024? I, I am, yeah, and I'm optimistic for the reasons that I've set out because we have a proven location, we're a trusted location and if we if we look maybe even to, and you, you started the show talking about the, the diversity and challenge across the globe, if we look at the World Economic Forum in Davos in two weeks' time, its focus is, is on be, rebuilding trust and thankfully Ireland is a trusted, proven location and that's why I'm confident we will continue to be I suppose, an attractive location for FDI in 2024 and beyond. Michael Lohan, CEO of IDA Ireland, thank you very much for joining us on the programme.